Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Green Pole Podcast. I'm Dan Crawford. Uh, Alan Druitt is having a breather because, well, I don't really know why. Um, so I'm very well, very glad to welcome back our good friend and eccentric character, Oscar Bloom, onto the podcast. Oscar, I'm a little bit deflated after events at uh, St. James's Park yesterday. How are you doing, my friend? Or I'd say deflated is a bit of an understatement, but you know. Yeah, but we roll on. Well, the beauty of uh, having football in December is that games come thick and fast. And really, given what happened, there wasn't really much we could do after about the 20th minute. Um, we, we, uh, we put up a good account of ourselves. And so let's get uh, straight into it. But when it was 11 players against 11 players, we looked quite useful and, and started quite well, didn't we? I mean, how did you feel going into this game? Because when we previewed it, Alan and I, uh, on the return of the podcast, um, we were fairly optimistic that we could give a good showing. Is that how you felt going into it? Look. St. James Park is always a hard place to play at. Even, you know, even with the injuries and all that other stuff they have, it's still a hard place to play at. And while I thought if we were going to beat them, this would have been it, away I mean, I still didn't, I wasn't, this wasn't an expected win for me. I think, yeah, I think we started off well, to be honest, but obviously as, as we know, you know, that, that mistake. So, uh, you know, these things happen. And I think, I do honestly think that had we had we had the red card not happened, I think we probably would have given them a good game and maybe come out with a point or even three. But I wouldn't say that's guaranteed. Well, no, nothing's guaranteed. It is Fulham after all. Um, <laughs> I, I don't like to argue about referees um, because it's a difficult job. Anyone who's done it knows that. Um, this referee... Only a few Premier League games for him. It did feel like watching it from the stands that uh, we didn't really get a lot of decisions go our way. But that is the the way it goes when you go to these big grounds. I'd make an exception for the... There are a couple of really hefty tackles, particularly on Raul, quite early on. Um, the Lascelles one on Raul... I didn't realise how bad it was or how... See, I, I saw him go down and hold his head and I thought he's been hit by somebody. But when you see it again, unless you're of a Newcastle persuasion, that's an elbow to the face. And that should be a foul, never mind a, a, a caution. The referee should have at least stopped the game for a head injury. And I can only imagine what Raoul must have been thinking, given that someone had elbowed him in the face. If it was on the other side of his head, he'd have a big problem. Um, what did it look like? You know, you, you, you've obviously had the chance to see it um, on, on television. I mean, am I making too much of this 24 hours on, Oscar? I definitely think it was a refereeing mistake. I do think Jimenez exaggerated it, but, you know, that's what all Premier League footballers do these days. I think... I don't think it was necessarily an out-and-out out red, but I do think it was definitely a referee mistake, and I think sort of shows the inexperience of him, and I do think, you know, it's partly the ground and all that, you know, it's a 
hard get. It's a hard ground for a referee to be at, especially you know someone as new to the Prem as this guy was. And I think I do think it was an error, but I wouldn't say it's not as clear cut a red, not nearly as clear cut a red as what Jimenez did, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, taking it cumulatively, there was one then where. Raul seems to get tackled from behind when he's trying to shield a throw-in. And then the, the referee let a lot go, I, I felt, in the first sort of 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, of absolutely. And then in that incident, Raul looks like he's got tackled from behind, which, you know, okay, he should stay on his feet and maybe it's not a foul. But he then gives a foul when Tosin does pretty much the same to Callum Wilson who's got a history of throwing himself over. He did it again later on in the game, and we'll we'll come to that. And it's just that imbalance. Um, that being said, after the elbow, Jimenez obviously has to go off, has to have the 30 seconds. What surprised me was that the referee didn't stop the game for a clear head injury. Maybe he just didn't see it at all. Um, but Jimenez, Raul has to control himself better than go and, Launch. I mean, I've never seen um tackle like that. My the bloke who was with me um afterwards was making allusions to uh Eric Cantona's sort of kung fu kick at Selhurst Park. <laughs> um you can see that Raoul knows he's way out of control and pulls out of actually following through with his feet, but the refereeing inexperience showed that he showed a yellow card initially because that's a red card all day long. Isn't it? I mean, yeah, absolutely it is. I think, I think, I just think it was a mix of all the factors, you know, all this, you know, referee and experience, you know, the hard ground. I think all of it just added up to be a bit of a fast. And I do think, while I do think the referee was not the best, I do not think that's the reason we ultimately did lose 3-0. And while it was most certainly a problem, I don't think that's the biggest issue of the day, if that makes sense. Well, the biggest issue of the day is uh, Jimenez has lost control as an experienced player. And, you know, you could see that he sort of... Uh, I, I saw him holding his head walking off. And when you watch the the full thing back, and he, you know, he doesn't even really argue once, yeah, he, watches, he, once he sees it, because he's in a position to be stood behind... Samuel Barrett, the referee, looking at the the pictures, and he knows what he's done. Um, And it then puts, not only puts the game in jeopardy because it becomes a very different game, but it also puts the team's prospects over the next three games in jeopardy. He probably wouldn't have played at Goodison Park, I don't think, for what, for what, what is a big game for us. But Burnley and Bournemouth, you'd have expected him to be the main centre forward um, and he has to take that on the chin um, how did you feel I mean how did you feel like we did after that I, I, I did write this morning that if there was a sliding doors moment it was probably when Alex Awobi went through on goal I think Joe Linton gave it away and he's in and he just you know but Burns herring back at him and actually does really well to like put slide in and narrow his shooting angle or his options really. But if he puts that away, 
it could be a different game. Am I being too harsh on a Wobi there, or should he do better with that? I think I don't think it was being too harsh, but I think we have to recognise that Wobi has been brilliant. I would say the weakest part of his game is his finishing a lot of times. Like if you look at against West Ham, there are a couple of chances which he could have really finished. Like it's mm. not too consequential because we won five nil, but and I think he's a really, really good player, but finishing is most definitely not his his strength. No, he does really well to get in there. Um, but, you know, when you're when you're down to 10 players against the team with the calibre of Newcastle and you really need it to go in. And we've had a couple of openings before. The one where it's a lovely bit of play down the right. Herrera, thread one through. Harry Wilson gets in. Does about all he can do, I think, in that situation in beating Dubravka to the ball. But... I think it's only a Wobi who's in the box at that point, and it doesn't fall for us. Like on another day, that could have gone anywhere. Um, and then obviously the sending off, and it becomes a different game. Uh, talk to me about uh, Diop being back and having a pretty good game, even though he's clearly not match fit, having to come in for the ill Calvin Bassey. Diop and Tosin did okay, didn't they? Uh, I. I think they did pretty well, you know, considering the circumstances and everything. I mean, obviously, it's never the best day for the defence if you're uh, if you're losing three nil. But overall, I do think they did pretty well. I think I think most people know I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Reem, and I think I do think Tosin, careful, careful now, careful. Tosin, Bassi, and Diop are the top three choices when it comes to our backline, and I think it should stay that way because we've looked a lot more assured when it's been two of those three in the back line rather than Ream and one of them. Because I think, I think Tosin especially, I thought looked really good last few games. And I, I will, I, he hasn't always impressed me, but recently he really has. And I think a new contract for him should be, should be in the works. And if it isn't, obviously we need to sign someone else with that kind of, good calibre of a defender and I think I think Bassi is really good in terms of his you know potential he's really he's really he's really young you know especially for a starting Premier League defender I think and also he's just a really good defender right now which is great and I do think those two should be our starting oh really you wouldn't even have Diop in there I'd put Diop uh, on rotation so if like one of them is not performing out of Tosin and Bassi, I would swap in Diop. That's oh, what I would do. Uh, let's just say I'm glad you're not the manager. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the the issue with with Tosin is he's got to sign the contract. The contract's always been there. He hasn't signed it yet, largely because he hasn't been playing, I think. And he's been... People have been in his ear saying he can go here, he can go there. Um, and I, I think when we read what's in the papers today about Fabio Carvalho, it might be worth reminding people that, you know, Craven Cottage isn't such a bad place to play. And he's got an opportunity to be a Premier League regular. And he should sign the team, as the as the kids say these days, or used to say five years ago. Anyway, um, anything else we want to pick out? I, I think it was a really good effort to get to half-time. And you need a bit of luck. We didn't get much luck. The the goal, the first goal that Newcastle scored, Bruno Gimash rather rumbles his way through. 
some of the tackling leaves a bit to be desired. Polinia lets him go because it'd have been a foul if he'd really cleaned him out on the edge of the box. And then he gets round. I think it is Tosin uh, there. It might have been a combination of Tosin and Diop. And the ball breaks for Lewis Miley, who couldn't miss, really. Lovely moment for him in front of the Gallagher end. But um, some of the defending a little bit questionable, Oscar? I think so. And But then again, we had been defending for a solid sort of 50 minutes before that. And I do think while... Whilst we did play well, even with 10 men, especially in that sort of first half, ultimately we were never going to score because even the chance we did have, we had no one to finish because we had no striker on the pitch. And like we said earlier, you know, Iwobi's great, but he's not that, he's not that finisher. He's most certainly not. And I think we possibly could have put on a striker earlier, but then that would have left us more exposed, meaning we probably would have conceded even earlier. So it, it it was a no-win situation in terms of that. I think we did the best with what we had. And I don't think I don't think we could have done more with ten men. And I ultimately think the goal was always gonna happen. You know, they were putting pressure on us, you know, even with the attacks we had, they were still putting pressure on us ninety percent of the game, and it was only a matter of time in my opinion anyway. Yeah, it certainly felt like that. Um the second one though, I mean, so they had brought Moniz on by this point. He gets absolutely cleaned out, if you ask me, by the cells. And the referee lets it go. Um, and Newcastle score a sort of, well, Callum Wilson throws himself over. And I think it probably would have been a penalty just because it's Callum Wilson at the Gallagher end. <laughs> um, and Almiron has a simple finish. I think the second one was always likely to come once you were chasing the game, not a lot you could do about it with people upfield trying to support a break because we then had to go for it, didn't we, to to get back in the game. Yeah, I think I think we sort of once you concede that first goal, it becomes very, very difficult, especially if you don't have a sort of finisher on the pitch, you know, because then you have to start pushing people up to get the to get a goal back to at least get a draw. Then that leaves you exposed at the back because you only have ten men and ultimately you're just going to concede again at some point, unless you can get some kind of lucky goal, which obviously we didn't get. No, no. And actually, Newcastle got another lucky goal. Big Dan Burn at the back post, bundled it in, might have bumped into Leno a little bit, but when you lucked out, you lucked out. I was a bit disappointed with your man Tosin sort of standing there and watching it, watching Leno make a really good first save, actually, I thought. Um and then Burns just there to sort of prod it in from a yard out. Uh, but as you say, by that time, damage limitation was sort of the order of the day. It, you know, we'd, we'd scrambled to block a couple of crosses beforehand from the right-hand side. And then Bruno Gamash puts it, puts a really good ball in to the, to the back post and, and Burn at the second attempt gets it in. You'd, you'd be critical of the defending there, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I, I I don't think it was our, our defence's best moment, but I do think, you know, like I just said, they'd been defending for yeah. the entire game. You know, that's what we've been doing, and I don't, I don't begrudge it that much. No, it's just a shame, you know, we're having put, you, you've always got to factor in just how much extra effort 
and hard yards you have to do with a man down, you know, on a big pitch as well. It's one of the things that excited me about the game, actually, was that some of our wide players and some of our passing movements, we'd utilise the space. But when you've got one player less than the opposition for like two-thirds of the match, it becomes a real thankless task, I think. So, no, your point's well made. Um, we've obviously now got a sort of interesting... We, we, we've had a bit of a cup run, which you and I have always speculated about the possibility of there being one. Um, and I'll ask you what you do for Everton. Um, we're going to have a fuller preview of the Everton game uh, to come in the episode after this one. But um, how strong would you go at Goodison Park, given that you know we're a game away from the from the semi-finals? Even if Everton are playing like Champions League contenders at the moment, I would. I'll put in a strong lineup. I so I wouldn't necessarily. Um... So come on, give me the give me the eleven. I know we haven't I right. prepped you for this, but what would you pick? Go on. Leno, Bassi if he's fit, I'd say Tosin maybe, mm-hmm. Tete if he's fit, uh, just to give him some game time because I think he does need some more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd say if Fode Balatore is performing well in training, maybe him, but obviously I wouldn't be there. So no, no, that. no, no. So but if he's... just on Balatore, yeah, I thought he had a really good cameo. The other day at home, when he came yeah, on for Robinson, he had about 20 minutes and he looks really up for it. And let's be honest, he's only going to get an opportunity if Robinson is injured or or tired. Because I think Jedi has been one of the players of the season for Fulham, underrated uh, players um, in, in this team. Some of his performances, particularly at Anfield, he was outstanding. Um there might be a temptation to give Robinson a go against his old team, but I'm not averse to uh, Balatori being in the side, even if it means we have to hear a bit more of one of the one of the cat- annoyingly brainwormy catchiest chants that we've got at the moment. As in, what's the story, Balatori? You know, maybe because I've got a young cousin who loves that show. Anyway, sorry, I digressed entirely. Let's go on to the midfield, mate. Uh, so Polina, obviously, I would put would Pereira you... in still. Okay. And Lukic. Oh, of course, Lukic. Of course, I had... in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Not not covering himself in glory lately. Okay, what are you doing? So, if you, I'm assuming you're going to go with the sort of four three three. So, what, yeah. what's what's the rest of it look like? What's the forward line then? I will be. Vinicius or oh, yeah, yeah. I'd go Vinicius over Munez. I think. Okay. Uh, I will be. Right, I will be it. Vinicius and Bobby Deckard over Reed. Bobby oh, nice. because he is a better finisher than our other wingers, and I do think Vinicius will need some help. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, and well, I'll do. I'll just gloss over the fact that you've um, left out Harrison Reed entirely. Interesting. I I wonder if um, part of me was like, you gonna would you risk Polina in this game, given that the next two games that come in fairly short order, Burnley at home, it'd be very Fulhamish to give Burnley a win, wouldn't it? And Bournemouth away, 
Bournemouth coming into some form, uh, starting to get go well under Ariola. That's not how you say it, but um, that's what we're going to be left with. Um, <laughs> you look at those two games and they look pivotal to sort of bounce back from the disappointment of Newcastle, but you'd also quite like a, a semi-final in the League Cup. And Everton aren't going to be a pushover. You know, Dyche is really getting them firing now. And Goodison Park, when it's rocking, and it will be rocking, um, it's, it's another tough place to play. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's really my point. I think Everton are a really good side, and I think we do need to put out a strong team just because with a couple of sort of minor rotations, you know, at the back line and with Lugich and that kind of thing, and with Bobby, because while we can, while we still need to put out a strong team, you also need to bear in mind that, as you said, we have Bournemouth and Burnley coming up. So I would put in Polina just because, as you said, you know, Everton are doing really, really well at the moment. And I think, I think we do need sort of more support on the defensive. And yeah, I think he would be needed to be honest. And, you yeah. know, he might get a bit tired, but, if we got sort of a good result in that game, that might bring us some momentum for the next two. And it's fairly comparable to when we went very strong against Tottenham at the very start of this competition, or almost the very start of this competition, um, and got a result. And it really boosted us at a time when we needed one. Um, and there is a little bit of a break to 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 Burnley. And I, I reckon players like Zhao, players like Harry Wilson... People who, you know, they'll want to play. Kearney will want to play on on, on Tuesday night. I don't think he will, um, but he'll want to play. Um, and, yeah, it's, a, it's an opportunity. I, I'm really intrigued by that game. Just talking about it has got me excited for another crazy venture north, although not quite as um, strenuous as, uh, as Saturday's one. Right then, uh, Oscar, one question to finish, which I asked our colleagues on the on the previous podcast. As a Fulham fan, a fanatical Fulham fan, if Fulham could get you one thing for Christmas, what would it be? What would you want from Father Christmas uh, to give you as a Fulham fan? What, what 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 do you want for Christmas from Fulham Football Club, Oscar? Make it realistic, please. A trip to Wembley where Lukic scores a hat-trick. Well, OK, the first part of it is... I wouldn't even say that's realistic, but OK, we'll just <laughs> we'll just assume that you've been on the beer early. OK, uh, Oscar, thanks very much for, for your time. Great pleasure to have you back uh, on the Green Pole. We will be back to look ahead in more detail to, to that Everton game and we can consign the dismal and forgettable events uh, from Tyneside of the weekend to the past. Uh, thanks very much to, to Oscar. Hope to have you on again soon, mate. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yep. And uh, we will see you all again shortly to, to look ahead to that League Cup tie and then on into the festive uh, fixtures. Thanks very much for listening to the Green Pole podcast and welcoming us back after our little uh, hiatus. Come on, you whites.